over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Our open home hour where we open the phone lines, text, and email up to you, the Arizona homeowner. Anything you'd like to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you Text questions can be sent to 411-923, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. Cindy chose to call in. And we'll get started right now. Welcome, Cindy. How may we help Hi. you? Yes, I, I'd like your opinion. I had my house replumbed approximately six years ago. Two of the hose bibs they added on the outside of the house are now leaking. And it's not the the handle. It's the whole thing. And, I, and then I see that the hose bibs were added on and welded on instead of having a threaded part I could take them off and put a different hose bib on and it's so close to the the wall of the outside house Hmm. I I don't know why they didn't put a thread there well Cindy when you say it's leaking you put a hose on it and you turn it on it starts leaking out of the top right where that little stem comes out the top is that where it's leaking it it can, but if I have it off, it will also leak through the hose, which has frozen onto the hose bib for some reason. Um, and that, that screw cannot be tightened anymore on the handle. Well, what you'll want to do is turn, uh, if you want to try and tackle this yourself, turn the water off to the house. Okay. Then open that hose bib on the handle, just about a quarter open. And then just below where the handle stem goes into the top of the hose bib there's a packing nut there that you'll take a crescent wrench and remove it you can take that to any plumbing store and that little gasket on the bottom of that stem needs to be replaced uh, and that'll probably solve 90 percent of your problems right there you can buy that little gasket okay okay so so uh you know, you're going to want to turn the water off to the house, or if there's a shutoff right there before the hose bib, that'd be great. But then run okay. to run to the plumbing supply store or the hardware store. The water's going to be turned off the house the whole time you're doing this. Uh, then down in the bottom of that hose bib stem is going to be a little Phillips head screw that you'll take out. It's a generally a cone-shaped washer. You'll replace that washer. As a matter of fact, sometimes if it's not a cone washer, if it's a flat washer, you can just turn the washer upside down and put it back and put it back in and it'll work just fine. I will, I will check that out. Um, I guess I was curious why why it isn't threaded so I could if I wanted to put a fancier hose bib on. Well, no matter what, something's going to have to be soldered on there. Uh, if the thread doesn't already exist coming out of the pipe, then we've got to solder on a fitting that has a thread that you then screw in the hose bib onto. Now, a lot of, you know, the the mindset there is every additional connection you have to make is one more additional potential leak point. And there's nothing wrong with soldering them on there. 
Um, and, and plumbers are, are very good at soldering. I usually get really good at soldering after I go through a whole spool of solder and I get to my last one. I finally get it died down where I haven't burned a bunch of solder and then I don't need to do it again for another nine or 10 years. And yeah. <laughs> I'm out of practice by the time it comes back around. But, you know, the, it, it's, there, there's not a, uh, a code or an industry standard, um, and that that probably was just the fastest, quickest, cheapest way. Or and I wouldn't say cheap, the most affordable, because that would have just cost you another copper brass fitting on top of that. And it's it's a brass hose bib, uh, so it'll last a lifetime. Uh, but it's just like any other plumbing fixture with washers and gaskets and seals. Uh, they they get they 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 wear out, and you just need to replace them. So and it's an easy fix, Cindy. We appreciate the call. That's Cindy's do-it-yourself project for today. It is, it, it's very simple to take care of. And usually when I'm doing that kind of work, uh, I'll actually take the gasket with me or I'll take the part with me to the plumbing store. Don't just look at it, set it on the counter, and drive to the hardware store. Because the problem with plumbing is the people that invented plumbing think in terms of sixteenths of an inch. And that's confusing enough. But then it's, then you have to determine ID or OD, internal diameter or outside diameter. So just take the part and find the exact match, and you'll save yourself some windshield time driving back and forth and back and forth to get the right product. On the topic of plumbing, you you know who Wayne Drop is. Wayne Drop. The water use it wisely mascot that's been around for 20 years well apparently city of phoenix thought he needed a a companion there is now lou poo on a (laughs) effort to educate arizona residents about what happens to wastewater and most importantly what not to put down the toilet and how much that costs uh tax money and and you know your city water and and waste and and the the stress that puts on there because all of the water that is tied to our septic systems, not septic systems, our, our city sewer, you know, that gets that gets treated and reused in a lot of different ways. A lot of it's re-released back into the river, and that's a big part of why Trace Rios is there now. That's right. Um, all a big portion of it all gets purified and piped to Palo Verde. Uh, that's all the water that they use to run the nuclear power plant is all stuff that has come through this, the sewer system. It's the only power plant in the country that's not built on a... Freshwater supply. On, on, a, on a lake or a river. It's, yeah. In fact, it's miles, hundreds of miles from any natural <laughs> one. So all that water comes from our septic system. And if we don't flush things down there that shouldn't go, those flushable wipes, they're not flushable. Kleenex. You know, there's only one paper product that should go down there, and I'll leave it at that. And 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 Lou Poo is here to help educate that, and you can download a kid's coloring book for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, la-ti-da. <laughs> oh, kids can get real creative with those colors, I bet. <laughs> Let's not go any farther on that one. <laughs> you know. I know y'all, Romy, you had a little road trip this week, but I I can tell you everybody was busy at the office this week finalizing that 2021 Rosie Allen calendar. And, folks, if you're one of the 
40,000 recipients of the calendar and we have your address, you'll automatically get the new calendar for free. But if you don't have our calendar, you can call our office or email us and request a calendar. Yeah, I know it's already August. Uh, and so, but these calendars are like homeowner handbooks and they're our editorial calendar of what's going to be on the program. So it not only helps you uh, regularly schedule the maintenance that needs to be done at your home, but it also clues you off as to what's coming up in the broadcast next week, next month, and the rest of the year. And if you get on our mailing list now, you'll automatically be sent the 20, I can't believe I'm saying this, 2021 calendar. But at the way things are going in 2020, it can't get here quick enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had about all of 2020 I want to have. Gary, whatever happened to Y2K? I thought that was supposed to end everything. Well, we're still here. Aren't I we? know, I know. Yeah, and now, now we hear of all the things this year that are going to end everything. Well, we're, it isn't. We're going to make it through it. But if you want the 2021 calendar, contact us. Let us get you on the mailing list. We don't. We won't distribute that mailing list to anybody. It stays just with us, and then you'll automatically get a brand new one at the fresh start of the new year. One of the things that calendar includes is our e-commerce product store of the month. And this is something we started several years ago uh, on a lark. Uh, a, people send us products to test all the time. Would you say 70% of the stuff is junk and we just throw it out? That's, yeah, what it was. Well, That's what it, it was it, to start. At least it was made with junk. It might have yeah. been a good concept, yes. and they didn't have the right uh, suppliers and, yeah. and manufacturing process figured out how to build a quality tool, but the concept was, was there. So we, we, we started finding a couple things that were really pretty cool and pretty neat, and we said, well, how can we help distribute these? So we opened an e-commerce store at Rosie on the House. One of the very first things we put on there was that Amish wheelbarrow. <laughs> Remember that? And now one of the things that we've put Which on. Which we don't have. They, they went out of business, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I'd like to buy that patent. I'd like to build them right here in town. But one of the things we've got featured right now is a shovel invented by a rancher right here in Arizona, Pinchino Valley. And we've got that earth talon. It's the narrow shovel. It's the perfect shovel for getting your winter garden all furrowed out at exactly the right width in that composted soil Greg Peterson was teaching us about in the 8 o'clock hour. And it works on a number of different things. I've, I pretty much don't even use a bullnose shovel anymore. I mean, it doesn't replace a flathead because if you're trying to scoop and move a lot of stuff, you know, your flathead's a lot better. But if you're trying to chop, dig, and it cuts weeds off, great. Um, and we've added the trencher to that product line. So that's at the e-store at rosieonthehouse.com. And uh, along with all the other things that we have tried and tested that we feel are a benefit to Arizona homeowner that you may not find uh, and, and a lot of them you can't find anywhere else because they're not at, at a capacity that they're manufacturing enough to supply a big box store or a smaller chain. You know, these are, these are pretty unique individual one-offs. 
Oh yeah. I felt it this morning, Romy. I felt it. Woke up, poured myself a cup of coffee, went on the back patio. I said, oh yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit darker at that same time of morning. A real source of hope for all of us. It's coming. It's coming. Cooler temperatures. Let's see how we can help Mary. At one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Good morning, Marianne. Hello. So we recent not recently, and a few years back we had a slab leak in the house and we plumbed the house to the outside of the house and the backyard. We have our neighbor behind us house is considerably uh, higher than ours, so there's a wall between us, there's a berm, and then our grass is below. We have very little plants or flowers in our berm. Their yard has like 12-foot-high oleanders and a giant tree. Great shade for their side, nothing for ours. We have to pay about $250 a time when we get a landscaper to come trim the hang, hanging over part onto our yard. The bigger problem is this huge, giant tree that she has, the roots are coming up through our grass on our side. Asked my homeowners association about it. They said, you know, talk to your neighbor. Went and talked to her. She wasn't super happy about it, but she said she talked to her landscaper, and she's a snowbird. When she comes back, In November, she said, I'm going to get them to cut through my patio, cut the root down three feet. My thought is, it's our side where that root is coming up through our yard is way deeper than three feet on her high side. And I'm seriously worried it's going to, I said, okay, I just kind of think we should address it. In addition, there's a giant crack. On our block wall, I mean, a huge crack, which obviously she couldn't see and wasn't aware of because of these huge oleanders she has. So, um, Well, here's a couple anyway, things, my, Here, Marianne. One, be thankful you've got a neighbor that's even willing to talk to you about it. Most neighbors put their nose up there and say, not my problem. So be thankful whoever this snowbird neighbor is, at least she's willing to discuss it. You may be better off tackling the problem on your side of the wall. Three feet down on her side very well may not take care of it. And we can install root barriers, and it's perfectly legal to do that. You you may not realize in Arizona, they actually have what's called tree law. And what you are or aren't allowed to do. You are allowed to do what you're doing. Trim that tree. It's unfortunate it's costing you $250 every time. But uh, you are allowed to stop that root before it does any damage to your property. I would reach back out to her and say, before anything is done, may we talk to your landscaper? May I introduce a landscaper that I trust, and can we all come to an agreement, the right thing to do? Uh, And that's how I would approach it. I'm thinking with the slope, what I'm trying to picture in my head, 
we're going to be better off for you and for your uphill neighbor to tackle it from your side of the wall as opposed to her side of the wall. So I hope that helps. Get to rosieonthehouse.com. We've got landscapers, certified landscapers, all across the metro Phoenix area uh, that can help with you. Uh, We also have arborists, tree arborists, that are willing to consult with you. Get representation at the table from people you trust to decide on a course of action before you take it. That would be my best advice for you. And trees are pretty resilient. There's a good chance you'll be able to cut the root and put in a root barrier and the tree will survive. It may not, you know, there may be a few limbs here or there that show serious decides is distress and and maybe even have to get pruned out depending on how big a tree roots we have to cut but they can they can withstand you know over a third of their roots being uh being cut and and still survive still survive i ended up not that you ever want to do that but right you you got to do what you got to do yep um and nothing worse than a neighbor's tree roots coming up in your lawn because that's gonna that ruins the whole lawn not, not to mention the structural damage to the wall. I had to have a tree conversation with my neighbor Friday morning. Jennifer and I are There's sitting trees on... trees left between you and your neighbor? Jennifer and I uh, sitting on the back patio Thursday night, absolutely giddy as two kids at Christmas Eve, watching the rain pour off the back patio roof, just sitting there with the fans on, just luxuriating in that nice little cool, damp breeze. And Jennifer says, what are you going to ever do with that mesquite, that volunteer mesquite that's growing up in the corner of the property? I said, well, I'm going to have to cut it down. It, it's, it's in the wrong place. It's a nuisance to us. It's a nuisance to neighbor. Uh, we're going to have to cut it down. Romy, as I was saying that sentence, the tree fell over into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> into the neighbor's yard. In, over the wall, into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Did it knock the wall down? No, it didn't. It didn't. So I called him the next morning. I said, hey, you got a tree in your backyard. You better cut it up and get it out of there. I'll take care of the stump that's left on my side. <laughs> As we were talking about what to do with that tree, it went over. Thank you, Lord. All right. You work hard every day, boy, especially this year. Everybody's working hard right now. Those of you that need a truck, you need a truck that works as hard as you do. You need a new Ford F-150. It's America's number one selling truck. Listen to this. For the last 43 years, the number one truck in America. Get a four-door F-150 Super Crew now for only $34.9. Now get 0% financing for 72 months plus $1,000 trade assist cash on new Ford F-150s, Explorers, and Escapes. The fruits of your labor are about to pay off with the Sanderson Ford Labor Day sales event. Get a $500 Home Depot gift card with the purchase or lease of any new Ford from America's number one Ford dealership in both sales and customer service. America's number one Ford dealership, located right here in Glendale, Arizona. It's Sanderson Ford.
one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Just hit one when you hear the message. You can and you can bypass the uh, <clears throat> the auto attendant, and that'll put you straight into the studio. We're gonna see if we can help. Uh, let's see, Karen. Welcome to the broadcast. How may we help you, Karen? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Oh yeah. Hi. Bear with me. It's my first time on the phone with you. No, I, I live in a manufactured home, and I wanted to know if you can add insulation to these homes. What what vintage home is it, Karen? It's a Cavco 2007. Okay. 1,100 square. It looks like a little ranch house. And what, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, <laughs> to see if I can... Uh, Keep it cooler without raising my electric bill, basically. Well, I'll if tell you. Summers are going to put you like this. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could add more insulation. Have you got it all? Has a concrete foundation. Okay. Okay. Have you got all your windows shaded? Uh, yeah, I put solar screening on them throughout the summer. Okay. Very good. Um, a 2007 Cavco is probably insulated pretty well. Um, you, you, I, I don't know if adding more insulation would be the place I would start researching, saving on my summer cooling bill. And sunscreens are great, and, and where you can really benefit on manufactured homes is, is outsulation because they are manufactured with all the insulation in them. Uh, you know, adding more, there isn't really place to add more. Now, a lot of times the window packages uh, can be upgraded, and that can be a big benefit on a manufactured home on any home windows and doors are your weakest link on any home they are and if it's a home that doesn't have any kind of porch overhang and it's just a sunscreen on that window that will help but getting a uh, even an awning or a porch shade tree put above it some kind of shade outsolation is really where you stand to gain energy efficiency on a manufactured home aside from you know, furring up the walls and adding more insulation on the inside, which isn't something you're going to want to give up the interior space for. So look on how to shade and protect the outside. One of the things we're looking at doing to a uh, a Cavco, uh, it's it's a, a few years older than yours, is a thermal cork outsulation. It's a it it sprays on like you've seen uh, if you've ever seen guys do drywall. Uh, or orange peel drywall with a hopper and a sprayer. This thermal cork, you spray it to the outside of the building, and the cork never goes above 86 degrees, and it never uh, drops below freezing. So it keeps the walls of the home, and you can put it on top of the roof as well, from ever reaching above 86 degrees. And we'll be excited to see what that does for... The, the outsolation. You're, you're going to be you're gonna, you're going to be Arizona homeowners beta tester, <laughs> and it's uh you you mix your coloring into it so it doesn't look like brown cork. You add whatever color you want to it, and that's both your paint and your outsolation at the same time. There so you go. There's a a couple things for you to look at and consider. It's a it's a bigger question, Miss Karen. Probably adding insulation isn't where I would start. Uh, and um, we'll get in touch. You, we'll visit about where you are, what your bills are currently. 
and what you can hope to accomplish. And you have a five-tool area code, the Intelligent Design in Tucson does energy audits, and they can tell you which area uh, we can increase the most, but they're also the ones that licensed the yeah, the, that's the right. That's their oscillation. So that's a great they're, point. They're the ones that apply it as well. So intelligent design. All right, at Rosie on the House, we've got a newsletter that goes out to subscribers only. If you'd like to subscribe, you can just jump onto our website, RosieOnTheHouse.com, and and uh, give us your email address, and we'll start getting you the weekly newsletter out. And in that weekly newsletter, it includes a tip of the week. And this particular tip of the week is what's the best way to clean and seal grout. And I will confess to you, folks, uh, I've only ever done this once myself on my hands and knees with a toothbrush and gloves on. And ever since then, I've been calling my buddy Josh at ClearCo. I only need to do it once myself to realize this isn't a job I enjoy doing. Josh, thanks for joining us here this morning, my friend. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, when we're talking about cleaning grout, of course, you've got the grout, like at my house, in between the sautilla tile that's cement grout that's, you know, five-eighths of an inch thick and does nothing but attract dirt and grease and soap all year long. And then you've got the little bitty grout in the shower. How, how do you attack the problem when you're there trying to do a job for a client? Well, it depends, of course, on... Uh what kind of grout you have, like you said, and also what kind of tile. You've got um, ceramic, you got porcelain, and then you have um, saltillo, you have natural. So we do a lot of ceramic and porcelain tile cleaning. Um, usually with that, you're going to have like a, a one-eighth or a quarter-inch grout, not as, as thick as your saltillo, but we see that as well. And... Um, as far as cleaning goes, what we do is we're going to use a heavy-duty cleaner on that grout. It's going to be a, a high pH, which is an alkaline, um, and that's going to do a lot of the, the work for us. But then, of course, you have to do the hands and knees work. Yeah. There has, yeah. There has to be um, a good grout cleaning is going to require some, some agitation. You're going to need a brush. Um, some people say use a toothbrush. That's not what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, we're going to use a, a, a special brush that's on the end of a pole. It's got heavy-duty um, um, nylon bristles on it, and we're going to use that to really work in that, that uh, grout cleaning solution. And, Josh, you mentioned and, that you use a high-strength cleaner. Uh, can yep. I can I stay in the house, or, or do I have to vacate the house while you're using this high-powered detergent cleaner? Um, yeah, you could stay in the house. We've we've never really had anybody. I mean, I I don't think we've ever had anybody even complain about it. it okay, it doesn't have like a a real strong scent, and it actually only goes down when we put it down. We we want it to dwell for about five, 10 minutes, ideally, while we work it in. And then the next part, we're going to come in, in with a, a high pressure. It's 1,000 PSI um, 
rotary. It's basically a pressure washer we're going to use inside on your tile floor. You don't, you know, you don't see the pressure washer part of it because it's all enclosed inside of a, of a, sure. of a round kind of vacuum shaped little machine. But inside of that, it has two, two pressure washer val- um, nozzles that spin at a high rate and, um, that's going to extract that that solution back out and also uses the at that point it, it's not just water we're using a a low ph um rinse agent that's neutralizing the tile and the grout back to a, you want to leave it in a neutral state so it, it actually um, get it actually gets your grout and your tile cleaner than it was the day it was installed but folks you hear Josh talking about a, a specialized pressure washer on cleaning floor grout. That is not anything you homeowners ever want to try and do yourself. Never, ever take a power washer to your tile or your grout. That's for trained hands only, right? Yeah, yeah. So That doesn't mean you can't do it yourself. You can do the, the, the hands and knees work like you mentioned at, at first, but this is how we do it. So. That's right. So once we get this clean, now you have to decide what's the right sealer, depending on the type of grout and the and the and the tile product itself. That's right. There's there's more than one kind of sealer. Actually, in a lot of cases, sealing may or may not be necessary. Okay. Um, sealing. You want your grout to be sealed. That's better. You know your your grout is porous. It's going to collect dirt and oily stuff. It's going to stick down into it and, and um, make your whole floor look permanently dirty. You can't mop it. In fact, mopping, when you mop, you clean your floor, it turns out real good and nice and everything. But actually, every time you mop it, it's coming in kind of an accumulative effect where it gathers um, dirt and debris and oily stuff, gathers into the grout and doesn't come back out again. So um, when you when you seal it, you're preventing that stuff from getting stuck down into the grout and collecting and uh, or sticking to that grout. And Josh, so once once, once y'all have sealed the grout, how long do I need to stay out of the out off the floor? Uh, usually a couple hours. Okay, maybe three hours. All right. But um, when you when you clean the grout, though, when you clean the tile and grout, it doesn't necessarily mean you also have to seal the grout. Okay. That's going to be at an additional expense. So you don't want to seal it if you don't have to. So when your tile floor is brand new, you want it sealed at that point. And depending on the sealer, I mean, you can look on any tile sealing, uh, any tile sealer, and it'll tell you how long that sealer should last. So if it says on there it's going to last 10 years, why reseal your floor in two years at an extra cost? And also, when you seal, there's two different ways you can clean tile as far as a professional. A professional is going to strip your sealer out before they do a sealing. So that's different than just the cleaning. Yeah. So it's also something you want to plan ahead. So if we really are sealing, if we're like the sealer is breaking down when my tile, when the grout gets wet, it's soaking it in. You can see it turn you know, a dark color because that water just soaks right into that grout. Well, your sealer is broken down. It's not working anymore. Now it's time to strip that sealer out and 
to clean the grout, strip out the steel, and reseal. So, but if it's not that time, if your steel is fine, but you want your tile clean because it's kind of getting a, you know, it's turning brown, your grout's kind of, I mean, your grout does get dirty even if it's sealed, right? It's showing showing traffic lanes and all of that stuff. But you don't want to pay to reseal your tile grout or your grout if it's not time yet. Well, that's... So you can just clean it. We'll We'll clean your grout without having to seal it yet if it's... You know, so it's like any other project. You're not, you don't want to repaint your house if you painted it a year ago. You can, you know, you absolutely. Can, uh, well, that's a great wash the outside of your house. That's a example. great trip. Now, now, Josh, for somebody that might want to reach out to you, what number would you have them call? Four eight zero four eight eight two eight eight eight. One more time. It's four eight zero four eight eight two eight eight eight. Very good. That's Josh Lawler from Clearco Window and Carpet and Tile Cleaning, Rosie Certified for the Phoenix metro area. There isn't anybody that'll get you a cleaner window than Josh at Clearco. It's unbelievable. All right. It's live radio, and we roll with the punches. We had Josh Lawler on from Rosie Certified Clearco Window and Carpet Cleaning. And he was describing in this last segment concerns and strategies about cleaning and sealing grout. Well, Cecilia was listening and she says, Oh, can I get it can I can I get a question in for Josh? So let's bring Cecilia and Josh into the conversation. Miss Cecilia Miss Cecilia? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. All right, and Josh. How's it going? All right. John? Miss Cecilia, the floor yeah. is yours. Well, thank you so much. I'm calling from Tucson, and my question has to do with uh, the color of the grout. I recently had ceramic tile installed in my house, and I found it's a, about an eggshell color, uh, pretty, pretty white. Um, and the grout is a perfect match to it. I had, okay. I had it sealed. And it turns out that there are parts of the grout that have they've developed little little wells, little holes. So it looks like I'm going to have to have more grout put in to fill in the holes. Number one, and then number two, it's really dirty. And I I'm thinking, you know, I should have just had a darker color. And I'm wondering, can grout be painted? Can, can I change the color? All right, Cecilia, great question. Josh, how would you handle Miss Cecilia's grout situation? Yeah, that is a really great question. I actually had that on my list of things, but uh, we only had so much time. Uh, when, you, when you steal your grout, you can actually color it at the same time, and it's a slightly different process but um, you know, versus like a clear sealer. But um, you can go to a uh, tile and flooring um, supply. Um, it's usually going to be like a warehouse kind of store. Um, you might be able to, I, I can't tell you for sure if you can find a wide variety of, of sealer, uh, grout color sealer at somewhere like Home Depot or not. Um, sure, sure, can we, at, sure can at Arizona Tile down in Tucson. 
Yeah, I would imagine they would have a very yeah. wide variety. Yeah, sure. And you should be able to talk to one of their salespeople and describe the tile that you have and the color that you want. And they'll set you up with um, a sealer that has a color in it. And it works really nicely. You, a, you'd think that maybe putting it down would, would get different results. But actually, um, you're going to get a very um, solid um, uh, color throughout that's not blotchy. Pretty easy to do. They have special brushes that that um, you it, can get with it that help you it, to put it in. And it makes a great sealer. Josh, I can't thank yeah. you enough for hanging on. We're going to have to run with our time constraints here. Josh Lawler of ClearCo Window and Carpet Cleaning, also tile and grout cleaning as well. You can reach him at 480-448-2888. Josh, thanks a million for hanging on and taking care of Miss Cecilia. Romy, what are your thanks. takeaways from today's show? We had a great conversation about planting fruit trees in the outdoor living hour to start it off with Farmer Greg. That was And all the different job. varieties that are available and do thrive in the desert. How, and then how many go, specifics you have to know to get the right tree with the right rootstock to grow in the right area? A so that to, was 8 o'clock. A lot to know. You know, one of the takeaways I'd like for all the Arizona homeowners to know is Arizona Game and Fish is having to transport about 800,000 gallons of water to the wildlife water catchments that are located throughout the state. They are not tax-supported. If you can find it in your budget to help defray the cost of this campaign, would you please text SEND WATER, S-E-N-D-W-A-T-E-R, SEND WATER, to 4144. Four, four, twenty-five dollars, fifty dollars, whatever you can afford, help defray the cost of getting the water out to these water catchments that are drying up throughout the state to help stabilize the population of our wildlife. Arizona Fishing Game supports over eight hundred species of animals right here and fish right here in Arizona. And then we had some great tips on how to pick a contractor, even when you've got two or three really good contractors and you don't know how to pick which one. We taught you all that in the 9 o'clock hour. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for your inquiries and your texts. Y'all have a great week. We're here every week to melt away your anxieties. Don't miss us at Rosie on thehouse.com.